What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 50 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Monday, July 19th. Um, I mean, this episode is special uh, for many ways. I mean, episode 50, you know, we're reaching the half century mark here. Uh, it's pretty, pretty crazy, I'd say, um, if you ask me. When I uh, started this podcast um, in January, I really just set out a goal of, you know, trying to create content that uh, one, can relate to a lot of people and um, two, of course, be entertaining and, um, you know, three, along the way, get some laughs and uh, really just be able to connect uh, with the with the audience, be able to, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, say my piece about uh, various topics that I'm interested in, various topics that I love, um, and at the same time, kind of bring everybody together and um, have everybody else form their opinions and uh, maybe see other points of views when it comes to uh, sports, music, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and I think I've done a, I think I've, I've, I've you know, been uh, trying my best, uh, you know, throughout these 50 episodes to really um, make sure um, at the end of the day that my opinion is stated, but um, that, you know, my opinion, um, you know, only goes so far um, in terms of my own knowledge and in terms of uh, how much I, you know, bring to the table when it comes to uh, these various topics. And that's why um, I think I wanted to start this podcast. You know, uh, the biggest reason is being able to really hear a bunch of other points of views on these um, topics that I, I hold so dear to my heart. Um, and I, I really wanted to see where everybody else was. Uh, when it came to these things, and um, I, I just can't thank the support enough. I cannot thank um, you know everybody that has reached out to me, um, given me advice on what to do with this podcast, uh, given me thoughts and uh, predictions of their own, and um, you know just for the the people that have continued continued to listen, I, I cannot thank you enough. I've I've just had so much fun uh, being able to express myself. Uh, so freely. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, um, you know, this is called the Gino Spirito podcast for a reason. You know, it's it's mine. It's everything I, I want. I'm going to do on here and I'm not going to really have any boundaries when it comes to uh, making myself feel uncomfortable because uh, that's just not the point of this. And the point of this is to have fun. The point of this is to uh, talk about uh, you know, things that I know everybody likes to talk about and uh, just express my point of view and uh, really get the conversations going. And I, I really think that um, because of everybody's support, it's it's given me the confidence to uh, try new things out uh, with music topics, uh, with talking about past albums and really uh, analyzing uh, these albums that I grew up on or really, um, you know, mean a lot to me. Uh, and basically what I used to do with my last podcast uh, with my boy um, Dallas and, and the rest of my crew when uh, when they would decide to, um, you know, join and and discuss. And that, that was strictly music. And um, I think what I mean by, you know, having this podcast as the Gino Spirito podcast is I, I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, try um, different things and. Um, also I, I think that it's allowed me to realize like just, just how much, uh, you know, these, um, various topics really mean to me and, and how passionate I am about them. And, uh, like I said, I cannot thank everybody enough for the support episode 50. 
Um, I said for year one, my goal was to have 100 episodes in 2021. So we're we're halfway there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I cannot um, I cannot see an end in sight. I'm uh, I mean, my my ideas, um, you know, my brain is always working uh, when it comes to uh, coming up with various ideas, uh, topics to, to make it interesting, to make it engaging. Um, I think I might start uh, recording my videos um, in order to uh, post on YouTube and maybe get a little bit more of like a live reaction uh, when it comes to uh, me talking and you'll be able to see uh, just how um, Italian I really am when I'm moving my hands as I'm talking and I get so passionate about these various things. But uh, like I said, I, I know I've said it so many times in this five minutes that I've already, uh, you know, been on this episode, but I, I just cannot thank everybody, um, anymore. And it, it's been such a fun time. This, uh, these, uh, seven months now, uh, 50 episodes in. And, uh, like I said, there's, there's definitely no end in sight. I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep, uh, finding different ways to, to, um, you know, just entertain you guys and, and really, um, you know, try to, uh, throw in some positive gems here, throw in some life lessons that I've been able to learn in my my 21 years. I know I'm not super old, but I, I feel like I've got I've uh, had plenty of experience in in, in various uh, you know realms and I think I've gone through through a lot in my life uh, in order to uh, you know really give just uh, you know help anybody in need out and and really just give some valuable tips uh, when it comes to living life when it comes to uh, how I approach my every day and uh, try to get the best out of myself um, and, you know, just, just the rest that comes with that. So, uh, like I said, episode 50, what a time it has been in 2021 for the Gina Spirito podcast. But we're just getting started, and uh, that's what makes me so damn excited is I cannot believe that we're 50 episodes in. That is so many goddamn episodes. And if you're still listening, I appreciate the hell out of you. If you're new and this is your first episode, I appreciate the hell out of you too because that means you're taking time out of your day to listen to my dumbass thoughts. So I really, really uh, just just love you all. And um, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, you know, the Padres uh, took game one of the series over the Nationals in their first series back uh, from the All-Star break. Uh, that was um, that was on Friday, of course. Uh, that, like I said, followed the All Star break. They were able to take Game One um, from a score twenty five to eight. Uh, this is a game uh, where the Padres scored the most runs in franchise history. Uh, we saw Will Myers have a seven RBI game. We saw Jake Cronenworth hit his first cycle ever, uh, the second of the year in Major League Baseball. Um, I mean, so, so many, uh, players to hit on, uh, when it comes to this game. I mean, there was all but one inning where the Padres scored 22 hits total, uh, just a ridiculous way to, uh, come back from the all-star break, a ridiculous way to start this first series, um, of, uh, this first game of, uh, 10 on this, uh, current road trip that the Padres are on, um, just a tone setter. Um, truthfully, and I, I uh, couldn't have been prouder of the boys. They just played absolutely lights out um, and headed into Saturday. I was really excited. You know, I, I, I felt like the Padres um, just as an organization that, you know, there's there's certain people that I feel like deserve rest, of course, because of everything they do. And I just like, damn, how are you still going out there night in, night out? 
and and just playing the way you do um and uh you know just on you know the 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 game maybe a week rest that they get or even sometimes you know playing 10 11 straight games so um you know i i think um as a whole the all-star break was just needed though you know there like i said there's those there's those certain guys that you know uh deserve that rest but that doesn't you know unaccount for everybody else and you know this first half of the season was a grind 94 games at the most in major league baseball uh four more than the giants two more than the dodgers like i've mentioned before uh the, you know the two teams that were battling in the nl west uh you know it, it was a grind you know there's a lot of uh two two long road trips uh two 20 straight games uh played um, but I think that this, this, uh, second half of the season definitely is set up in our favor. Of course, we do have some, uh, you know, road and ground to make up, uh, because of, um, the Dodgers and the Giants and because of, uh, the tedious schedule that we did have and, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, playing into the fact, uh, where there was fatigue and, you know, maybe there was some days where it, it was just, uh, really, really hard to, um, you know what I mean? Get up and, and get going, you know, try to get your bat hot, try to, you know, make sure you're there defensively. Um, but I think this all-star break did play a great factor into um, allowing, um, you know, each and everybody to get that that uh, second win, you know, and uh, really realize that, you know, we only got 60 games left, you know, just about, just about 60 games, uh, you know, 60, 65 uh, at this point. And, you know, we're, we're so close uh, to the end, yet we're, we're not at the same time um, when it comes to the division, when it comes to uh, possibly winning a series in the playoffs, uh, and possibly even winning a World Series. So uh, a lot of work to do, a lot of ground to be made up in terms of uh, everything, really. Um, so, you know, starting the way we did, 24-8, to perfect. Moving into Saturday's game, uh, the Padres actually did activate Blake Snell to start, and they and they all also activated Drew Pomerant. So uh, great two additions to our pitching staff. Uh, you know, guys that uh, got hurt right before the All-Star break. Uh, Drew Pomerantz, I believe it was um, his elbow or his shoulder problem that he had been dealing with throughout the season. Blake Snell, of course, with uh, food poisoning um, on the last road trip and uh, had been battling, uh, trying to get his strength back and, uh, you know, battling, um, you know, already the... Uh, struggles that he has faced in this first half of the season um so uh going into this game i i was uh, really hopeful um you know for a you know positive outing from blake snell first and foremost uh you know at home he has been lights out um but on the road it is just it's just been the complete opposite i mean uh you know about uh, to start the game he had a, a, above a 10 above a 10 era on the road uh, just averaging three innings per outing. Um, so I, I was really hopeful that this could maybe be the game uh, after the All-Star break, you know, finally able to, you know, develop his strength again, kind of pick it up, uh, kind of hit that reset button, um, you know, just just have just have days to finally really lock in, just relax and, and enable, you know, the Blades now that we all know he can be. Um, but, uh, I mean, this game started all uh, pretty good. I mean, um, two runs in the first, uh, great start. Uh, Jake Cronenworth with um, with a uh, RBI single for Tommy Pham, and then Machado uh, with a you know a casual pop up, uh, you know, 
in um, you know in, in short left uh, left fields, uh, kind of near the foul ball line. Um, I mean, Trey Turner's the one who taught it, so that's how uh, you know short and left field it was. Uh, but that was enough room for Fernando Tatis to score on a uh, on a sad fly, and that's how the Padres were able to go up two nothing after the first inning. Um, the uh, Nationals did score again in the first uh, to make it two one, but. Uh, the Padres uh, able to put three runs on the board in the second and third innings, uh, and then um, it was it was kind of a, a little quiet uh, in the fourth and fifth innings. Uh, at this point, it's five to four. Um, you know, uh, the game. Um, the Don Don Arcelo and and Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh, said for multiple innings uh, that there was going to be rain expected. Uh, for the uh, you know for the rest of uh, the evening in Washington, so they they weren't they weren't uh, you know going to be surprised if there was going to be a delay in place. Um, the this uh, the top of the sits was very clutch uh, for that reason. As um, if you uh, did not know this, when there is a rain delay uh, at the moment in Major League Baseball, uh, if the top of the fifth inning has been completed. And there's a rain delay, and the home team is winning, uh, and the rain delay lasts for 75 minutes, and they realize they can no longer play the game that day. Uh, the home team will win because there's been enough baseball to determine that. Um, and if the bottom of the fifth inning has been completed, and then there's 75 minutes in between the rain delay, they realize they cannot longer play. Um, then the away team, and the away team is winning, then the away team will win. So uh, going into the top of the sixth inning, uh, the Padres were up 5-4, to four, able to put three more runs on the board uh, due to uh, Cronenworth um, again with a uh, single, able, uh, what's it called, push uh, Tatis home, uh, Machado with another single as well. Um, so... Definitely, uh, you know, not a lot of not a lot of lawn balls. Uh, I mean, no, no lawn balls in this game. A lot of, uh, you know, just a collective team effort and, and you know, bringing runners home, um, you know, getting on base efficiently, um, you know, really uh, just just grinding out bats at bats out, uh, you know, working counts back in their favor, taking advantage of uh, miscues by the pitchers. Um, the Padres were just hitting on all cylinders uh, in this top of the sixth inning, uh, pushed the game to eight to four, uh, and like I said, the announcers had been talking about how there was going to be a potential rain delay uh, for for I, I would say a couple of innings up to this point. So when they come back from commercial, um, going into the bottom of the sixth inning, um, all of a sudden on the screen uh, they start showing fans. Uh, running up and down, um, running up and down the bleachers. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I've been around rain. You know, I, I've seen what it's like when you know it starts raining at a ballpark, and you know people start going up to the upper decks. They don't want to get wet, of course. But there was a sense of urgency in some of these fans, and um, you know, there there was uh, there was just something off. And of course, the you know the announcers and along with I'm sure a lot of people who were watching the full game and kind of heard leading up to that point that uh, there was going to be a potential rain delay. Uh, a lot of people I feel like just assumed that that's exactly what this excuse me that that's exactly what this was as you know uh, the uh, you know the weather finally came in, but the thing was it wasn't raining as well and. 
Um, they panned to some of the umpires, and the umpires started running to the Padres dugout. Um, and then all of a sudden, they announced that there had been a uh, shooting, and uh, they were um, advising fans to stay inside the stadium as uh, they believed the shooting had occurred outside the stadium. Um, but to all the fans and everybody that was in attendance, um, the shooting happened directly outside uh, the Nationals ballpark. Um, basically, if you were to uh, you know mirror it uh, with the baseball diamond, it happened uh, uh, just just outside of left field. It looked like, um, and those echoes uh, could be heard um, when the Nationals broadcast was going to a. Um, it was going to a commercial going into the bottom of the sixth inning. So if you want to, uh, there's, I mean, th th this story was super, super, uh, covered, of course, on Saturday night when, when the events did happen tragically. Um, but th they, they did, uh, I believe catch, uh, you know, some of the noises that were heard throughout the stadium and just a general panic, you know, it, I couldn't even imagine, you know, it's, it's Saturday night. Uh, you know, you're going to the ballpark, especially with families, man. You're going to the ballpark with your kids. Who knows if it's your first time. You're going to the ballpark as a date. Uh, maybe you're just wanting to catch a game. And all of a sudden, there's shots fired. Um, and they're, they're so loud and it's so echoed throughout the stadium that you don't even know where they are. Uh, so th there was a general panic. Uh, a lot of people um, running. Uh, there's, there's several videos online showing people running out of National Park, uh, Nationals Park, and uh, you know, really just uh, trying to, you know, do whatever they thought was uh, proper and, and trying to get away. And um, like I said, the shots did happen outside. Uh, the shots, uh, unfortunately, uh, wounded three people. The game was suspended uh, for Sunday. Um, um, what's it called? The the original Sunday game, the third game in the series, was supposed to start at 10.05, but the game was suspended and would uh, later be announced to resume at 10.05 with game three starting at uh, 12 p.m. Um, Pacific time. But like I said, a, a complete panic. Uh, three people wounded, three people shot. Um, more than a dozen police cars um, on scene. Um, like I said, the Padres had just taken the field. Uh, when there were several of these loud pops that were heard, um, which, you know, made all the players run into the dugout, uh, fans that were sitting in this left field area that where it was a lot louder, um, started leaving, uh, very, very quickly. Uh, I mean, sprinting through the center field gates, uh, just not a fun, not a fun scene to watch, especially from at home where you see all these people in a panic. That's just not the most fun thing to watch, uh, especially, like I said, when it's supposed to be something like a baseball game, something that's supposed to be fun for everybody. Um, and uh, later uh, that night, like I said, the Washington Na Nationals came out with an official statement saying that tonight's game had been suspended due to an incident surrounding the park. Um, and the suspended game would take place again on Sunday, resume Um and uh, the, with the uh, Padres, um, what's it called, official Twitter account, also uh, sending prayers for Nando Tatis and others, uh, sending prayers to all the loved ones of the people injured and everybody that, you know, really, um, really was in a panic and really, uh, you know, felt like they, they didn't know what to do. You know, it, it's a scary situation for anybody involved. And 
Um, I, I was just really happy um, to hear that the Padres players and, and Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado, uh, Will Myers, uh, Jaredson Profar, um, all helped uh, spectators, it looked like, in that left field area, um, down to the dugout area. Uh, some of these pitchers where there's 50, 60 people in this dugout area just finding shelter, uh, hoping uh, to, um, you know, be okay. Uh, it, it's it's really just eye-opening, but um, I was really, really proud uh, to hear that Tatis, Machado, Myers, uh, Jarrison Profar, all were the ones who um, helped these fans out. I guess initially, um, Fernando Tatis um, saw Jarrison Profar's uh, son and his family, and he went over to go help them. Um, and then that was followed with him then opening the third uh, the third base gate uh, to allow a bunch of other fans to also follow him and Manny Machado and the rest of the gang uh, into the dugout. Um, I mean, just the, the ultimate respect um, for Fernando Tatis in that situation. Um, when, when, uh, when talking to the media and the press um, on Sunday morning, uh, he, he just, um, you know, he, he had uh, a lot to say, um, but at the same time, um, you know, just kept it very simple. You know, he just said there were little kids. I felt that somebody had to get them, and I felt that the safest place was the clubhouse. I was just trying to get the families uh, to a safe place. I saw everybody running, and it was very crazy. You simply could not figure out what was going on, uh, and the situa this situation changed immediately. Uh, there were no longer uh, the, the everybody was no longer players and fans or whoever you may be. I, I felt like everybody were just people, uh, just human beings out there, and and that's exactly uh, you know what what uh, you would want, um, how you would want anybody to react in that situation, let alone your your star player, your 22 year old to uh, you know just is is you know arguably the 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 face of baseball uh, to to act that way. Um, along with Manny Machado, the captain, the, you know, San Diego uh, representative and, um, you know, Will Myers, the the longest tenured Padre to, you know, all three of them and, and Jaredson Profar as well. You know, a guy that just signed a contract extension uh, for those guys to to step up in a crisis, for those guys to step up when when other people were were scared and other people needed somebody that, for them to step up, especially you know, these people already being the idols and the people that they look up, you know, people look up to, uh, it's just remarkable. You know, it's, it's a scary situation for anybody and, uh, for them to have the, uh, cool and calmness to run. I mean, there were videos where, where you see them clearly getting out of the dugout, running over there and, and guiding these people to the dugout. I mean, it was, it, it was just, you know, an awesome thing to see. And, um, you know, shout out to the national security. And like I said, a lot of Washington, Washington police department who were on the scene and also helped out, uh, you know, when needed, uh, where needed as well, uh, as it was a complete panic situation, but, uh, luckily, um, you know, a lot of people were able to, um, leave the park, um, unhurt. Of course, like I said, it, it did happen outside of the park, so nothing, um, you know, no shots were fired as the game was playing or, you know, nothing to that extent, but still a very, 
very scary situation and um you know it, it like like fernando tati said it, it just it just reminds you uh that we're all humans you know even if you're a major league professional baseball player uh even if you are a 10 year old kid you know we're all we're all the same at the end of the day and we all are gonna react in a moment of crisis uh the same way it's it's you know baseball is just a sport and and you know it's not it's it's not life or death you know it's it's not that um you know crazy at the end of the day um, in comparison to, you know, possibly getting your life taken away from you in an instant for, for what, you know, for what reason, for nothing, you know, it, it's, it's just really unfortunate to hear, but, um, you know, Jace Tingler, uh, Padres manager as well, very emotional before the start of both games on Sunday, um, is, is quote, they thought maybe the dugout could have been the safest place and they led and welcomed and guided people in there. Couldn't be any more proud to have these players a part of our team um you know just just absolute nightmare you know it, it kind of registered what it possibly could have uh could have been and then obviously it was just a nightmare it's it's uh, a thing that maybe you think about in the back of your mind but for it to actually be happening happening in front of you uh was the scariest parts um so you know just for those for those guys to step up in a moment of crisis and really uh take leadership um you know just shows volumes but um the padres and the nationals uh both able to resume the game on sunday uh in the bottom of the sixth inning um and uh it was just uh two padres runs um and not much action for game two of the series and the padres were able to take this one 10 to 4 um on sunday around 11 a.m. with a 45-minute break or so in between games two and game three. So Padres able to win the series against the Nationals, go into game three, um, you know, get get a quick snack, get a quick uh, drink, maybe go to the bathroom, just relax for, a couple, you know, a few minutes, and then boom, right back at it, another full nine innings. Um, but still able to take the series, head into game three for a potential sweep, Um and uh, this, uh, I mean, you know, a great pitching matchup um, out on, on our hands. Joe Musgrove versus Matt Scherzer. Uh, of course, this season, uh, Matt Scherzer, 98 innings pitch. Joe Musgrove, 98 and a third. Uh, Matt Scherzer, 2.66 ERA. Joe Musgrove, 2.93 ERA. Uh, Matt Scherzer, uh, 135 strikeouts to 22 watts, and Joe Musgrove, 116 strikeouts to 25 watts. So a great, great pitching matchup uh, that was on display, and it was on display early as uh, the first uh, two, two and a half innings did not see any action, but the uh, the uh, bottom of the third um, was really where it started as uh, with two outs, Joe Musgrove actually hit uh, Trey Turner in the helmets. Uh, very, very... Um, lucky that that did not uh, cause any, you know, serious injury. Um, and I think that kind of rattled uh, Joe Musgrove a little bit. Uh, decide, you know, um, that that ended up, um, you know, leading to a walk. And then Bell uh, able to single um, to right field. Jay Turner scored. Uh, Harrison had a double that where Soto, Juan Soto scored. Um, and then Stevenson with a... Uh, Stevenson and Barrera, uh, Barrera with uh, two straight singles uh, to bring two more runners in. So um, after the uh, after the bottom of the third uh, was then completed, it was now uh, four nothing Nationals going into the top of the fourth inning. Uh, Joe Musgrove able to get out of that, able to avoid um, that inning from getting 
any worse. Uh, but luckily, in the top of the fourth inning with two runners on base, Eric Hosmer hits a three-run bomb uh, to put the game at 4-3 to three going into the bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, the Padres were then able to score one run in the seventh and two runs in the eighth uh, to take the lead 6-4 to four, uh, going into the bottom of the eighth. Uh, and this is where Emilio Pagan um, ultimately lost, uh, in my opinion, the game um, for us, of course, um, Juan Soto up to bat, three-run bomb, seven to six. Uh, this at bat, I mean, changed the entire game. Uh, I mean, it's tough, you know. I, I don't want – I'm not – when I say Emilio Padron lost us the game, he wasn't the reason we lost the game, but he just so happened to be the pitcher uh, that, dis, you know, he, he – don't get me wrong. Juan Soto's at bat was fucking bullshit, um, but, you know – Already a um, with already a home run um, in the inning from uh, Estebar uh, to push uh, this Padres lead only to six to five. Uh, there then Trey Turner uh, to um, get walked and then steal uh, to second. Juan Soto was then at the plate. The Padres kind of had to decide whether or not they wanted to pitch to him or not. Um, and they decided to do so. Uh, and this at bat, man, there were, if you go on StatCast, there were four fucking strikes. Two were called balls. Um, and that led to um, a 3-2 count. Um, like I said, only one out. Trey Turner on second. Uh, should have been struck out already. Um, but an outside pitch, um, an outside pitch on the uh, right side of the plate. Uh, led Juan Soto uh, to go deep um, opposite field. And the Nationals took a 7-6 to six lead, headed into the top of the ninth inning. Um, and this is where uh, Trent Grisham able to uh, hit an RBI single to left field to bring Mateo home, who was pinch running uh, for, I believe it was, um, I believe it was uh, Victor Carantini who worked a walk um, on Brad Hand, former Padres reliever. And uh, Jorge Mateo then switched with Victor Caratini. Uh, Jorge Mateo uh, stole second, stole third, and then uh, Trent Grisham able to able to drive him home. Um, Fernando Tatis able uh, to get on base. Um, Jake Cronenworth able to get on base, uh, and that led Manny Machado with the bases loaded, seven to seven ball game in the top of the ninth, two outs against Brad Hand. Um, and unfortunately, Manny Machado, uh, he, he struck out and uh, the Padres were not able to uh, convert any more uh, runs in this top of the ninth inning. Uh, led to the bottom of the ninth inning, being tied 7-7. Mark Melanson being put in the game to hold and hopefully force extra innings. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it, did, it did not happen as uh, Mark Melanson only went uh, one-third of an inning. He gave up two hits, um, and uh, the the um, game winning uh, the game winning play was um, Escobar again, uh, singling to deep center, uh, and that's where uh, Barrera, Barrera was able to score, and the Nationals were able to win game three of the series, uh, eight to seven. Um, unfortunately, uh, Padres leave Washington, um, still winning the series, but not, not on the best note. You know, with the lead six to four. Uh, Emilio Pagan letting three runs happen in the bottom of the eighth inning, even though that Juan Soto bat was bullshit. 
Um, Padres able to, you know, tie the game up, but not to take advantage of the bases loaded opportunity uh, that was in front of themselves. And boom, Nationals able to win in the bottom of the ninth. But, uh, you know, the boys battled. The Dodgers lost today. The Giants lost today. And, and that kind of makes it better. But at the same time, not really, because we weren't able to take advantage of both teams losing like that. But like I said, Giants and the Dodgers uh, will be playing a total of I know that they have a series that starts uh, tomorrow and that'll be a four game series Monday through Thursday and then they have another series next week Tuesday through Thursday so the Giants and Dodgers are playing each other seven times in their next 10 games so that'll that'll help the standings out but like I said the Padres not able to get it done in game three against the Nationals lose I mean lose this one eight to seven but win the series two to three I mean, not two to three, two to one in a best of three. Um, you know, it was a, it, but in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, the Padres. I think that's why it's such a it's such a shitty way to go out of this series. I mean, the most runs uh, that have ever um, been scored in a series in Padres history uh, was this series. As like I said, Padres first game twenty four runs, second game ten runs, third game seven runs. So. Um, a total of 41 runs over the course of three games. Um, unfortunately, only able to get two of three, but I still think that's a, a very, very positive sign for things to come in the second half. I mean, 41 runs in three games is just is just ridiculous. You know, it's you know that's that's a that's a 12, that's 13, 13, 14 runs a game. You know, it's it's definitely something to uh, to hang your head high about uh, when it comes to you know, dropping that third game, but still something that you definitely uh, are going to have a, you know, sour taste on your mouth going into Atlanta. And hopefully uh, that's exactly what the Padres can do and and really just have that sour taste on their mouth and, and use it to their advantage. You know, go into Atlanta, uh, at least get two of three from the Braves and then go to Miami uh, for a four-game series Thursday through Sunday and, and take three of four, if not sweep the Miami Marlins. So uh, the Padres... Uh, we'll be on the road all seven days this week, Monday through uh, Monday through Sunday, um, and hopefully we will uh, see the Padres. Um, we'll we'll be able to see the Padres uh, back at home um, on Tuesday, July twenty seventh, with uh, at least five to six of these games being W's, and uh, headed into this Oakland uh, A's two game series with uh, some momentum. As we um, start a one, two, three, four, five, six, six game uh, home stand uh, before we go back on the road for two games and then come back home for another six game. So uh, the Padres definitely in a good spot. Uh, like I said, 41 runs scored in uh, this three game series, 24 runs in game one. I still cannot get over that. Some great, great baseball that was played for the Padres. Do not get me wrong, but unfortunately dropping game three um, and, uh, you know, headed to Atlanta with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So hopefully that can be enough. Hopefully that can uh, push uh, this team to, like I said, win five, sits, even seven of the games this week. Um, but uh, moving on to some NBA basketball. Game five of the NBA Finals took place Saturday as the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns were tied 2-2 two to two, headed into game five in Phoenix. Um, you know, a lot on the line. A team that wins game five it does win a series 72% of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, 
especially when you're playing in the finals. Uh, you want every bit of momentum, every bit of confidence that you can get. Um, and it, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, man, on every level was purely dominating the butts in this first quarter. As after the end of one, the Phoenix Suns were up 37 to 21. 37 to 21. Um, Giannis unfortunately was a little bit winded after game after this first quarter and had to sit uh, for a six-minute stretch in this second quarter. Um, you know, I'm you know when I'm thinking about this in my mind right now, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. You know, Gino, you're telling me that the butts were down by 16, 37 to 21. And Giannis sat for the first six minutes of quarter two, already down 16. That's that's just you know the recipe for trouble, right? Um, well, I, I I tell I I would I would agree with you, of course. You know why the fuck would Giannis not be on the court when you're already down 16 and it's only the second quarter? Um, but uh, much to my surprise and everybody else who was watching this game, the butts in this six minute stretch. Outscored the Suns 25 to 12, able to cut that 16 point lead to three by the time Giannis was able to come back into the game. This led to a 43 to 24 second quarter, won by the Butts, able to go into halftime up three. I, I, I mean, I was just as shocked as everybody else was. I mean, 37 to 21, Phoenix was absolutely dominating the butts they came out red hot they were feeding off their crowd the money man counting off his $100 bills as Giannis was taking his time shooting his free throws Phoenix had everything going for them I I could not have imagined a better start for a team that had just lost two straight and they were now in game five tied two to two in their home court 37 to 21 and at the end of the half it felt like that first quarter was for nothing as the Suns were now down by three and the butts were just doing what they were doing best in games three and four and that was just being physical man being physical enforcing their will in the paint enforcing their will in everything else uh in this game uh really just dominating the inside you know dominating and then when they took advantage um or when the phoenix would rotate and have somebody there they took advantage of there being multiple people in the paint boom kick out and they were hitting open shots that's exactly why the butts were able to crawl back and be up by three going into the third quarter and this third quarter i mean they completely they just they just kept it going they outscored the phoenix suns 36 to 29 able to go into the fourth quarter up 10 like i said down 16 going into the second quarter to now being up 10 going into the fourth quarter um but you know it's the phoenix suns on the other side of the ball it is devin booker chris paul and deandre aiden on the other side of the ball and they're not gonna bat down as they fought back they crawled back um to a two no it was i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah it was a one point game as chris paul hit a floater on the right side it was 120 to 119 um the the uh butts uh now did not have the ball as well i can't remember if it was a turnover or what happened on that possession um for phoenix to get the ball back but i mean i want to say this is this 
this Nets play was probably the best play of the year. One of the craziest plays I've ever seen live. Devin Booker on the left side of the floor has the ball. Like I said, 120 to 119. There's about 30, um, 25 to 30 seconds left in the game. Devin Booker comes off a screen, gets to about the free throw line, um, pits up his dribble, and then reverses his steps and tries to do a turnaround. I don't know if he was going to necessarily shoot the ball or if he's just, he was just kind of re trying to, you know, reposition himself, maybe get a little bit of a, uh, you know, get, get more open than he was. Um, and when he turns around, boom, Drew Holiday is right there. Like I said, Drew Holiday is right there, snatches the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. Drew Holiday then starts a two-on-one break, He's on the left side, Giannis is on the right side, and it's Chris Paul who is guarding this two-on-one. He's kind of playing in the middle, kind of playing in the middle, and then boom, right as soon as he commits in the slightest way, Drew Holiday throws up a lob to Giannis, and Giannis goes up and just completely posterizes Chris Paul, who had no choice but to just stand there and take it. He should not have drawn the foul. He should have just gone the fuck out of the way, but for some reason, he decides to foul him, thinks that he can somehow disrupt his fucking dunk, but... It's Giannis. It is literally Giannis and your Chris Paul. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, Giannis does what he does best. Goes up, gets it, completes the and one. It's now 123 to 119. And that's your final. As the Butts are able to take game five of the series. Um, go up three to two. Headed back to Milwaukee. Giannis in this one. 32 points. Nine rebounds. Chris Middleton comes up in the clutch. So many clutch shots in this fourth quarter I mean I'm pretty sure I don't have the exact number but I know for sure he had 10 in that final six minutes and that's just off the top of my head two threes that were step bats that were just fucking disgusting and I mean to add seven rebounds and five assists he he had a great night but the star of this game was Drew Holiday 27 points 13 assists the biggest assist, number 13, coming to that Giannis lob to basically put a cherry on top to this win. 12 for 20 from the field, 3 for 6 from the, um, 3. And just a remarkable, a remarkable night from Drew Holiday, a guy where a lot of people were criticizing the butts for going to pick up this man. Um, and it's changed for Eric Bledsoe. Uh, some people, I'm not even some, a lot of people saying the butts gave up way too much for this man. Um, and I mean, much to, much to, uh, you know, their credit. I mean, Drew Holiday had not been playing up to the standard that we know Drew Holiday can play. Game one, 10 points. He did have nine assists, but only, only finished with 10 points in this one. Game two was probably his, his best game of the series up until game five, of course, 17.7 assists in this one. Uh, game three, he only had, uh, what's it called? He only had... 11 in game three and then in uh game four able to uh still only have 13 but in game five when it mattered most but for game five uh i mean drew holiday man 27 points uh just completely dominated this game um on the defensive end as well with three steals the most clutch steal um you know you could you could ever see in an nba finals game um, and for him to th have the confidence 
in not only himself but in Giannis to go up and get that lob it, I mean if that if that lob goes over Giannis's head if that lob is not thrown exactly the way it was that this game is completely different who knows how this game happens you know Phoenix gets the ball back still only down one still with plenty of time on the clock but for him to you know pull the trigger have the confidence in his teammate and in himself to make that pass and for his teammate to convert I mean it was a beautiful basketball it was just it was just everything you could have asked for in that moment such a critical moment in the game and I mean Drew Holiday showed exactly why the butts went out and got him he was you know supposed to be that missing piece for this team and they're now one win away from an NBA Finals uh, because of that play and because of the way he played in Game 5. But on the other side of the ball, um, still a great collective effort from the Suns. Like I said, they bought, they fought, they battled back. Um, they did lose the lead, of course, in that first, and that sucked, but they did not get down. They fought back. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, I truly thought the game was over. And for them to bring it within one point, for them to bring it within a, you know, a Drew Holiday miraculous lob to Giannis, but still a, I mean, just a crazy play. Drew Holiday, I cannot even say, it was just a beautiful, well-executed steal. It was perfect. And then for him to just, like I said, throw that up to Giannis, and that's how the Suns lose. It, it, it's just really unfortunate. It really is, but... I mean, still played great. I mean, Devin Booker, 40 points, four rebounds, three assists. Chris Paul had 21 and 11. He was back to his regular self, which even takes a bigger, uh, you know, that, that just that just sets even worse, you know, for, for Chris Paul to actually have come out and played a lot better than he did in game four and for them to still lose. Uh, DeAndre Aiden on the other on the, uh, as well, 20 points, 10 rebounds. So, uh, I mean, 81 points combined from this bid three, uh, but still not able to get it done. And now uh, they are going to have to go to Milwaukee and find a way to win game six and put them back on the plane to head home to Phoenix for a final game seven. But after the way this Bucks team played, I, I mean, it's going to be tough. It is going to be a dogfight. This game five lived up to everything I wanted, and I know everybody else did. And if you, um, you know, if you watch game five, or if I mean, if you didn't watch game five and you see just how crazy it was, I, I really hope you're tuned in to game six um, on Tuesday because this game six is going to be a literally a dogfight. I do not even know which way it's going to go. This 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 series has lived up to everything I wanted it to be, and I just could not picture a um a better uh nba finals for this year i know there's been so many injuries and there's been so many different circumstances that have prevented teams from really going further but this nba finals at least has given us a lot a lot of great moments and so many uh just great uh intense matchups games um you know it, it's been great and i mean even in game five both teams, the Butts and the Suns, uh, all their starters, all 10 players shot 50% or better. I mean, it, you couldn't have gotten more efficient than this game was. But like I said, Giannis, I mean, Giannis is going to be Giannis. And he, like I, like I said in my last podcast, like I said in these NBA playoff podcasts, Giannis is proving to everybody who the fuck he is in these playoffs. 13th straight game, shooting 50% or better in this postseason. And that's tied now with Shaq from 2006 on the Miami Heat Championship for the longest streak in this era. 
in the last three games, 99 points, 20 assists, and two turnovers in the last three games. You know, this series, 32.2 points per game, 61% from the field, 13 rebounds a game, and 5.6 assists per game. I mean, unreal. You know, at the beginning of this series, it was who was going to guard Giannis, who was going to contain Giannis. And for the first, you know, couple of games, uh, not game two, I mean, Giannis was, you know, they were allowing Giannis to do him, but they were able to contain the other guys a lot better. But in games three through five, we're able to see why Chris Middleton is, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, are saying Chris Middleton is that guy that is just not talked about enough in the NBA. And we're seeing why. And now we're seeing Drew Holiday step up in game five and really put the team on his back when needed most. And it just, it's, it's tough, you know, especially for Devin Booker, you know, the first player in NBA history to have 40-plus points in back-to-back NBA Finals games and also lose both of those games. And for a reporter to ask, how frustrated are you for Chris right now? What the fuck do you mean for Chris? I just dropped 40 points on these people head, and I'm still not getting any help out here. Uh, you know, just it's just unfortunate, man. The Suns being the first team in NBA history to lose a playoff game shooting 55% from the field and 60% from three. It's just like how much are, I mean, how much else are you supposed to ask for? Just pure, pure ridiculousness uh, in this game five. It was crazy. It lived up to the hype. And I hope you all are tuning in game six because I'm telling you, this might be one of the most evenly matched finals that we've seen in a long time, especially in this super team era. So um, the Butts, though, able to be the first team to go down 0-2 and win the next three games since the Miami Heat in 2006. And what happened in Game 6? They won. Won the series 4-2. So we'll see if that's the same trend. Um, but that's all I got for today. So much great sports, sporting events and, uh, you know, different uh, different uh, sports even that lived up to the hype this weekend. Um, you know, a lot of unfortunate events that happened at in Washington uh, with the Padres, but, um, you know, inevitably, uh, you know, there was still, uh, you know, not too many people. I mean, like I said, I've my condolences to the three people that were sh- that that does not take anything away from that. But um, very happy to hear that security, along with, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, Washington police were able to, you know, calm the situation down and uh, really take control and and uh, you know show hope to some of these people when when there was a crisis at hand so um, you know with all the great sports that happened this weekend um, you know it's it's just unfortunate that an event like that had to happen but very happy uh, to uh, see the uh, the both the teams play on Sunday and kind of just collectively move on together and move past this traumatic event. But uh, like I said, game sits Tuesday. Padres starting the Atlanta Braves uh, series today. So um, very, very excited for this week of sports. I hope you guys all had a great Monday. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Geno Spirit of Podcast. And I will catch you all very, very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow.